This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to um, give my thoughts to the people of East Florida as Hurricane Ian has absolutely came in and demolished much of the state and around all those areas. Um, Something that I was watching, uh, it was right after Dan Patrick's show, I think it was Matthew Berry's fancy football show, came in and said, like, it feels inconsequential to give thoughts at this point because it's just, it won't help anything, but just to know that um, your thoughts are with there with those people and it's just tough um knowing people who go on vacation there quite a bit as like a yearly thing um people who live around the area it's tough to see and if you see the pictures it's just terrible and it's just you can't believe people are still there um they gave the evacuation they i mean people are still there living it through i mean everyone saw their sharks swimming all throughout the place um sharks were on the highway the other day or yesterday i guess which was wednesday um then we you start hearing what's going to happen with all these sports um and i get it a couple years ago we learned the hard way that um people love sports so much and that we i hate to say it, but you kind of need them at some point to keep you sane but for such a quick turnaround for people to be asking, well, what are the Buccaneers going to do? They have a home game on Sunday, I mean, and it's against the Chiefs. That's a primetime Sunday night football game. Relax. I've been hearing, oh, they're going to play in Miami. Well, they're practicing in Miami. Um, then it's like right now they're good to go. But as of today, they could make a decision on Friday saying, hey, it's not safe enough, so – you're going to play the game in Minnesota. And it's like, and you hear from like Mike Evans, he was saying that like their families are living in hotels right now because they had to up and move out of Tampa to go to Miami. And um, yeah, just it's, you can't talk about this without, you know, it's so hard to talk about it. Um, you know, people are really affected by this and saw where soon it's going to start banking west and it's finally going to get over, um, like, West Virginia where it'll probably die off after that. But, um, you know, I've experienced, like, you know, being in enough of a place where it was close enough to where it was a tropical storm. I mean, that rain kills like it's just it goes on and on and on and people are saying oh well we need rain right now and all that it's just like you don't need that much rain and yeah just go out there that I feel for everyone being affected by Hurricane Ian it's not just people in Florida or like in Atlanta or something like that it's people who you know have families there it's tough. People in California are affected by this, believe it or not. So, um, 
yeah, I just want to say that I didn't think there's any other way to open up this episode. So um gonna go ahead and play the intro and um yeah, let's go ahead and talk about some basketball. You're listening to the assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. It was a big week for not even basketball in general, but I mean, there's exciting stuff having basketball. We're going to talk about that. But in the world of sports, it has been one heck of a week. I mean, since the last time this episode, the last episode came out, Albert Pujols hit 700 home runs for a career. Insane. Like one of like, what, five or six people to do that? That's crazy. Um, last night, as the day I'm recording this on Thursday, last night, Aaron Judge tied Roger Maris for 61 home runs for an AL record. And, you know, if he hits 62, that conversation goes into the fact where it's like, well, you know, maybe he is like the home run king because I think people still do consider or a single season home run king. Because I think after the whole Barry Bonds thing and, you know, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, it's just like, can you really count it as like the true home run season, single season home run title? Um, I don't know. You feel how you feel about that. Um, so no one's hitting 74 again. I'll tell you that right now. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like Aaron judge, he's on his way to probably an MVP season. I don't see it. You can't not give it to him after this. And then, you know, everyone's talking, well, Yankees are going to have to make a decision and they're going to have to give him money because Aaron judge will go get money. No matter if it's with the Yankees, if it's with anyone else, he's going to go get that money. So, yeah, <laughs> the Yankees have a decision to make there. But, um, yeah, been a crazy week. Um, so, yeah, I know I normally don't talk about other sports, but it was such a big week, big week for baseball just in general. And um, it's always nice seeing America's pastime get a week like this, be like, man, it's just, you know, this has just been – I don't want to say the best year for baseball. I mean, probably in recent memory, you had Shohei crushing it, Aaron Judge, everyone's watching that, everyone was watching Pujols, and you're just like, man, baseball is like on the way. Um, So, yeah, big week. Uh, I think NHL started doing preseason stuff. NBA Media Day was going, like Media Days were going on throughout the week. So, um. Yeah, we're going to talk about some stuff from that. but um, And we got preseason basketball coming up pretty soon. And I'm excited for that. I think the Pacers tweeted or they posted somewhere uh, yet on Wednesday that they're a week away from preseason ball. So, I don't know. It's been so long. And, again, I know this isn't something that I normally do, but we're going to talk about current stuff. Or at least... We're going to talk about stuff going on right now. It's in the headlines. So, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, so from media days, there were some things. Um, watching this, not watching, looking at this ESPN article saying from, uh, oh, it's just ESPN.com in general. So a bunch of their writers saying, NBA Media Days, the best quotes from around the league as teams kick off the 2022-23 season. Um, I'm just going to hit some highlights. I'm not going to go through every one of these. Um, apparently, Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly are best friends now. So, um, 
There's that. The one thing that everyone talked about was like, oh, my God, I cannot wait to see what happens between Russ and Pat Bev just because if you know their history, you know that um, hate's a strong word, but, you know, part of it makes sense in that. Um, yeah, just off of that. You never thought it would work. It's not going to work on the court. They're not going to play at the same time. Um, I mean, Westbrook barely works. As of last year, he barely worked on the court. So, I mean, adding Patrick Beverly, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Just I, I love Pat Bev just because, you, you know, I love defensive guys. So, I mean, anyone like Pat Bev, I'm on his boat. Um Russell Westbrook is an all-timer. You know, he was on the NBA 75 team. He barely got in, but I guess he got in. He's number 76, which I still don't understand, but bygones have been bygones, I guess, for some people. So, yeah, we have that going on. Um, The Lakers in general are looking interesting again because – People aren't too high on the Lakers now just because we saw what happened last year. And, you know, people are always saying, well, you know, Anthony Davis, he's um, he gave an interview saying that he has a chip on his shoulder and someone said, like, um, breaking news, Anthony Davis is out with a chip shoulder, with a chip on his shoulder for, like, six months, something like that. Um, we know it was like, yes, AD is – a great player, like a generational power forward, like someone who, I mean, we saw him in the bubble. I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. We saw him in the bubble. One of the more incredible performances I've seen over a stretch like that was like he never plays enough games to justify stuff like that. Um, Yeah, so we have that going on. LeBron is back, obviously, with Russ. Um, I don't know. I keep hearing every time something goes on with the Lakers that the Pacers are somehow involved. I'm like, hey, um, like Pacers tried to trade for Russell Westbrook. No, the Lakers called the Pacers. The Pacers said, yeah, no thanks. And then that was it. Everyone wants to make a big deal out of it. And now, um... Miles Turner might get traded. And what's the place that people are saying he's going to get traded to? Oh, yeah, probably L.A. I mean, you know, they were in talks before. No, they weren't. By the way, even... Okay, maybe they were in talks, but it never happened. Like, the deal didn't go through. And also, if a team is not in talks with other teams, they're doing it wrong. Just end of story with that. So, Lakers, are they going to be the team that... We thought they were going to be two years ago. I don't know. L.A., man, it's rough. If you, I mean, if you're not that great, L.A. will eat you up and basically eat you alive. Um, So, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. People are saying that the Clippers are the better team, but we said that in 2020. And then, yeah, in the bubble... It was like the Clippers got one win over the Lakers on like a Sunday night or a Sunday afternoon primetime. Well, I guess not really primetime. On a Sunday afternoon game, it was like the game of the year. And it was like a week before everything got shut down for COVID. 
the Clippers win, and everyone's like, my God, this is going to be the best rivalry ever. And it's like, but we said that at the beginning of the season, and that didn't happen. But, um, and then, you know, the Lakers go on to win a championship that year. The Clippers get, uh, blow a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. So, yeah. But John Wall is going to make the difference. In which, I don't know, maybe. We haven't seen him play in, like, it feels like a decade. Is he going to be the same John Wall? No, he's not. Is he going to be probably more offensively sound and, like, maybe sit into an offense better and not just take over games? Yeah, probably. That's just just what happens after injuries like that. John Wall's not going to be as explosive. So, yeah. We'll see what happens in L.A., um, for the Pelicans, Zion Williamson's back, and he looks pretty good. I mean, we've seen him doing 360 windmills off the backboard and then, like, kicking kicking the rim, basically. Um, when we were like, man, why is Zion out? He's doing all these cool dunks. And it's like, because he can't do it for a whole game, and you're just... One of those things where it's like, they're saying it's going to be a big three with McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and Zion. I understand you have to bring up Zion if you're the Pelicans because you drafted him with number one pick. Everyone said he was a generational talent, in which he's a generational athlete. I'll say that. But with when it comes to staying healthy, it's kind of like an Anthony Davis thing, except Anthony Davis plays more games. Like, Zion Williamson started out, his career was out for like eight weeks because of, uh, I think, a labrum or something like that, or meniscus. I don't know. One of those things where it's just, I don't want to call him Greg Oden, but my God, he is getting so close to being Greg Oden. At one point, do you not say, yeah, you know, maybe maybe go with uh, Jaw? I think Jaw's going to be the KD of that draft. Whether it's that he could be an all-timer like KD, or it's just that the battle between the two of them, in which it wasn't really close at the time of the draft, but like, who's going number one? Zion, there's Jaw who's available. If Zion can't stay healthy, there's no other way than to say that he's Greg Oden. And which doesn't make him a bust, which I've talked about before. Greg Oden's not a bust. He just got injured. It happens. Is Sam Bowie a bust? It's just because he was drafted for Michael Jordan. People don't get the injuries. Um, There's plenty of guys like that. And it's just... It made sense to go with Zion. It made sense to go with Greg Oden. It made sense to go with Sam Bowie. I don't... I don't know. It's just one of those things where... And the thing is... It was a foot with Zion last year. Like, the main thing that everyone talks about with Zion is how explosive he is. I get it. You generate that power from your thighs and your calves. 
but what's at the base of your leg? It's your foot, and you're going to be landing, like, however heavy he is. I mean, what, it was, like, 280 at one point or something like that. He's slimmed down now, but it's still a ton of weight to be coming down on over and over and over again because that's all that Zion has shown us is that he is an explosive player. So explosive that, you know, he can do those fancy dugs. He can block someone when he runs from the from the block to the three-point line and blocks someone. Like, we've seen that. That's so much pressure on your foot. Like, it's ridiculous. And Zion, I hope it works out. I really do. I mean, people who knew me in high school, they could, they can tell you, I wasn't ever high on Zion. I never thought he could shoot the ball, which I guess doesn't matter. But, I mean, at some point, I mean, he's shown some prowess. I don't want to say prowess. He's shown some highlights with it. You know, it's like Ben Simmons. He hits a three, the world goes crazy. It's like, hey, how about you do it again, over and over again, and make people guard you out there? If you're being left open from that far out, there's a reason behind it. And Zion, to me, was just one of those guys where it's like, yeah, he'll be a highlight guy. And I didn't think he would be an all-star already. And which was part of that, a fan vote, I think. It probably was. But it's just... Zion's one of the more confusing guys to um, talk about. Just because... He's so popular, and if you go against the grain at all, you will get destroyed. He's like, oh, but you hate fun basketball. No, I I like fun basketball. It's just that when it comes down to big moments, I don't know if Zion can do it. The guy lost in college to Michigan State, who I think who... The guy who was the the best on the Michigan State team in that game was Matt McQuaid. Like, that team of Duke was projected to do so much. It's like R.J. Barrett, Cam Resch, and Zion Williamson throwing Trey Jones in there. Yeah, they made uh, the Elite Eight and barely won against UCF, who had, who had Taco Fall. And I mean, like, yeah, uh, Aubrey Dawkins and uh, B.J. Tyler were pretty good on that team. But it's like, Really? You almost lose to UCF in the second round? But, again, I really hope it works out for Zion. I do. Prove me wrong. I just don't see him as a guy who can contribute in those big moments. Yeah, he'll make sports in our top ten all the time. But then it's just like, you're in a league of grown men now? Like, with college, it was... There was still a gap between Zion's strength and the strength of other guys. He just overpowered people. But now it's like, you have guys who don't have to worry about class. Like, you don't have guys who are worried about doing anything other than just play basketball and train. It's tough. So, we'll see what happens with the Pelicans. I mean, they made a playoff run last year well no 
because they played the Suns. The Suns eked it out. But, um, yeah, we'll have to see with Zion. It's just, it's tough. Um, the Bulls. One of the scarier things I think I've ever heard came out, and, you know, I, I get on Twitter. I only see it, I scroll, and I only see it, like, twice. Into which, this is one of the scarier things you could ever hear. Lonzo Ball says that he struggles after his knee surgery, that he struggles to walk up the stairs. And he's and he's saying, you know, like I've never heard of it. The doctors have barely heard of that. And so I think they just did another surgery and I said they recorrected it. That they've corrected everything. But um yeah, for an NBA player to say, yeah, I can, I can't really walk upstairs right anymore. That's a problem because you need to run up and down a basketball court, get in a stance, and guard some of the quickest guys ever. Um, you have to do that night in, night out, 82 times. So... What's going to happen with Zion? Not Zion. Oh, my God. I'm I'm, I'm thinking of uh, the big three that was supposed to happen a couple years ago in New Orleans. Um, what's going to happen with Lonzo? And, again, Lonzo is one of those guys I haven't been high on. The jump shot really scared me. He's corrected it. He's a really good defender. And he was a big part of that Bulls team making it to the playoffs. Um. What's going to happen? It's like, if you can't walk upstairs right, you can't play in the league. That's just, if you have bad legs or bad knees, you can't do it. <laughs> We've seen it time and time again. It's like, you have the best trainers in the world, and they can't do anything with a bad knee. It's like, well, yeah, you can re- you can rehab, do something calisthenics, you know, you can get the rubber bands out and start stretching out your legs, working on your knee strength. If you have bad knees, it's kind of tough to do it night in, night out. So we'll see what happens with Lonzo. I don't know. I really, I just really don't know. It's That's scary to me. And how it's not probably the number one story in basketball is what really terrifies me because people are, oh, yeah, well, you know, they just had surgery to recorrect it. Walking upstairs is like a basic thing that people do, <laughs> and he says he kind of struggles now. And you expect him, you're paying him all this money, you expect him to do a night in, night out on a basketball court. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, next up, James Harden apparently lost 100 pounds. I know it's not really that newsworthy, but um, James Harden wanted people to tweet it. So, you know, he lost 100 pounds. Does that, what does that mean? Is he going to be back to MVP shape? Uh, I don't know. I think Harden has been hurt by the recent rule changes. Of like, you know, flopping on shooting, trying jumping into defenders. 
Um, he's kind of been figured out into which not the first time it's happened. I mean, people have had rule changes because of them before. And um, does that cement Harden's legacy? Yeah, for sure. But um, Wilt Chamberlain, uh, he went on to still have a great career. Shaq went on to have a great career. I don't see it with Harden. It's just that these past few years, like ever since the bubble, when, you know, everyone's saying, oh, my God, James Harden's fat. What are we going to do? No, the bubble he got, like, super skinny, but he looked like it was like his beard wasn't trimmed or anything. It was one of those things. And then at some point he – they do okay, I guess, (laughs) for the bubble. Um then the next year, he's like, Mike D'Antonio leaves. Uh, Steven Silas comes in the coach. He's like, I am not playing for this dude. End of story. I want to play for a championship. He's like, oh, okay, um, yeah, sure. So they trade Russell Westbrook, who's like, I think he said I'm gone too. Um, they trade him to Washington. Now Harden is like, I am definitely not playing. Uh, something, something needs to happen. So, and they send him off to Brooklyn. He goes to Brooklyn where he's reunited with KD, and he joins Kyrie. Big problem there. I'm not getting enough touches or something like that. Like, we got a problem here. I got to go. Okay, let's send you to Philadelphia then. Go play with Joel Embiid. You guys will be a great duo. They, they're all right. <laughs> Again, it's just one of those things where they figured him out. And Embiid's the guy on that team. Harden is a second option, which sounds scary. But he's been a second option for the past two years. It just hasn't worked out. So, yeah, 100 pounds, I guess. He's down, so. Oh, yeah, and that the, when he was in Houston before he got traded. Oh, oh my God, he's fat. What are we going to do? Um, dear Lord, I who cares? <laughs> like, he's, he was still playing. Um, I think that's it for the NBA. Just want to scroll through and make sure one more time. Yeah, that's it for the NBA. Um, that was all I was going to do this week, but then I saw on Twitter, Fox Sports tweeted out, um, college basketball 2022-23, 40 storylines to watch with 40 days to the season, and, um, you know, some other news came out where it's like Memphis being put on probation, well, kind of. They're only getting fined. There's no postseason ban or anything. Penny Hardaway is fine. They're saying he didn't do anything wrong. But, um, yeah, um, I don't know what that is. To me, Penny Hardaway I, I guess I don't know the whole story because story I hear is that um, he helped James Wiseman move from Milwaukee to Memphis, but I guess it was out of the goodness of his heart and not a recruiting thing. Bull. That's like, how, you, how can you be so naive about that to where he's like, no, 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 that was, seriously, I was, helping, I was helping a buddy out. 
<laughs> you're a college coach and you're going to help move uh, the number one kid in the country. You're going to help move just out of the goodness of your heart. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so there was that. But with these uh, basketball storylines, um, just, again, I'm not going to go through them all, but it's like we're going to see some coaching changes. We're going to see John Shire begin at Duke, even though last year he was giving all the, like, post-game, not post-game, but, like, halftime interviews and post-game, like, right after when they ask you, all right, coach, how are you feeling about this game? Um, those interviews. So that era begins at Duke. Um, Shaheen Holloway at Seton Hall. We're going to see what he's going to do after taking – Oh my god. I why am I blanking? The Peacocks of why am I blanking on this? Of St. Peter's. My god. My brain is jumbled for some reason with that. Yeah, so we're gonna see some coaching changes. Gonna be interesting with all that. Um Question of who's going to be number one, North Carolina, Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga. I go North Carolina. And follow up is will the Tar Heels make our March Madness run? I don't see how they can't return. I, and I, we did this last year with UCLA. UCLA didn't do too hot in the tournament, at least the way we thought. But with what Carolina's added... And what they've retained has been huge. Caleb Love, Armando Baycott retained. Um, bringing in Pete Nance, who I think is one of the more underrated guys in the country. When he was at Northwestern, like he made Northwestern pretty good. And that's something that you don't hear all that often. Uh, adding, I think they had another transfer in there. But yeah, it's just, I'm excited to see what UNC does especially since them and IU play at like a prime time matchup in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And this goes into it later on. Am I, the, am I stupid or why? Like, how am I not? I'm not high on IU. I get it. I'm a Purdue fan and all that. But usually I can see through the cracks and be like, okay, this team's going to be good. I don't see it. Like, I really don't. Like, I understand they made a big Big Ten tournament run. But then they lose in the first round. And, like, they got a they got a play-in game, and now they're going to be the number one team in the Big Ten. I don't see how you see that. Like, Hunter Dickinson is coming back to Michigan. Illinois looks un- incredible after their transfer portal ads. Um Purdue, I mean, yeah, they lost Ivy, Williams, Stefanovic. But it's like, they still have Zach Eady. Brandon Newman is probably going to take a huge leap this year. They have experience. I mean, even the guys that don't have experience look really good. Like, Trey Coffin Wren, he's been on the bench for a year. So, like, he has practice experience. We have Mr. Basketball from Indiana, Braden Smith, and we have Fletcher Lawyer, who was like the runner-up in Mr. Basketball. And then 
Oh, here it is. All eyes on Bloomington. On paper, Indiana's at the top of the Big Ten, saying Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis, and Keegan Murray are all gone from the Big Ten Conference. Um, there's It says there's questions surrounding some teams. I get it. It's like, yeah, Hunter Dickinson doesn't have that great of a core, but I think Jawan Howard can coach up any team. Like his first year, we thought they were going to be terrible, and then they do really well. If it wasn't for COVID, might have made a final four. Final four. I don't know. Um, Wisconsin, yeah, they probably won't be that great without Johnny Davis. Iowa is a sneaky team. I mean, just one of those things where, yeah, Keegan Murray's gone. Chris Murray is still there. I know he didn't do as great as Keegan, but I mean, duh, Keegan Murray like led the led the country in scoring. Um, but how are there no question marks surrounding Indiana? Like, there's none at all. I think that like their transfer from last year was decent. I mean, he wasn't great. Um, their point guard got arrested. Like, do we not remember that? Like, that's I know he's going to be there later on in the season. They're not going to suspend him for a whole season. But, like, that's a repercussion that he has to go through. Like, people have been arrested before on teams, and, you know, they will miss some bigger games. Trace Jackson Davis saying one of the best returning players in college basketball. I've watched him. <laughs> it's like... If no one remembers the Syracuse game in the ACC Big Ten Challenge last year, so you're talking it's a big moment. The ACC Big Ten Challenge is one of the bigger games in the non-con. It's probably the biggest game in non-conference. And he choked against Syracuse. Like, they, they, I get it, it was in the Carrier Dome, but my God, it's not that intimidating against that Syracuse team. And then... I give, him, I give them all the credit because last year, Trace Jackson Davis started guarding the players he's supposed to guard. He guarded Trevion Williams last year. He fouled out, or he got really close to fouling out, but I give it to him because a couple years ago, that was, my, that was my critique. He didn't guard the best people. And then guess what? If you leave, like if Trace Jackson Davis is so good, why not guard the best guy? Trevion Williams two years ago dropped t- like twenty eight, and it was just be- and it was like, oh well, if Trace was guarding him, he wouldn't. He would have had like five. Why wasn't he guarding him then? Who else was he guarding? And I don't see him. Like, who are they gonna put on Zach Eady against Purdue? Uh, Reese Thompson. Thompson's strong. He's not seven four. I get it. You don't need to be as tall to guard a taller guy. You got to be physical and all that. Zach Eady, like, makes it look easy when he, when he goes through from up the hook shots. And, I don't know. And if you have Trace Jackson Davis guarding him, I don't see that working out all that well. So, Am I high on the Hoosiers? Am I not high on the Hoosiers because I'm a Purdue fan? I don't know. I think that's part of it. But even it's like Indiana's top of the Big Ten. John Fanta for Fox Sports 
has IU at 13 in the preseason poll. They think it's going to be that bad of a year for the Big Ten that the number one team for the Big Ten is going to be a ranked 13th? You're crazy. Like, if the team, the best team in the Big Ten has always been a top 10 team, maybe even always a top five team. And I've said it before, the Big Ten doesn't perform well in big moments. Yeah, but, you know, the regular season, Big Ten is king in basketball. I don't care what you say. SEC, come on. Like, the Big Ten has so many quality teams that, like, the bottom of the league is still be a number one team in another league. Believe it or not, it's just true. Like, when there's a point when, like, you could have Michigan State, Michigan, Purdue, IU, Ohio State, um, Minnesota, Wisconsin, all these teams making the tournament when, you know, if you're going to SEC, they have, like, four or five. Uh, I don't see it because, like, if the number seven team in the Big Ten is probably better than, like, the third team in your conference – that's a good conference. They're saying IU is 13th. That's that's disrespectful not only to the Big Ten, but I think to IU. Because it's like, yeah, always it's been a top 10 kind of thing. They're saying 13th. Yeah, good representatives for the Big Ten IU is. <laughs> if they're... So far and away, the number one team in the Big Ten. The Big Ten will have, like, I don't know, nine, eight or nine teams in the tournament. It's tough. Just, I don't know. Um, Oh, yeah, another thing with coaching changes. We're going to see Jay Wright leave Villanova. We're going to see how they're going to react to that. Villanova's 14th in the preseason poll. What <laughs> a team that has lost their coach, a coach that has taken them to the national championship for like three or three times. Oh my god! This team is I, I use one spot better than a team where we don't know what's gonna happen. Um, let's see. There's Hunter Dickinson returning to Ann Arbor. People asking how good his core is going to be. The Big Ten is such a big man league. That was, is it going to matter? If a guy can pass to him and a guy can shoot, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, um... UCLA can return to the Final Four behind Jaime Jaquez and Tiger Campbell. I don't think so. I think last year was their year, and they did not do great with it. I think if you don't have uh, Johnny Juzang, I don't think you're making it out of the Sweet 16. Yeah, Jaime Jaquez was huge in that tournament run in 2021. But Johnny Juzang was the one who got them going further and further into the tournament. Hawkes won that first game for them against Michigan State. He won that first game for them. I'll give him that. But from then on to the Gonzaga game, 
It was it was Johnny Juzang. Um, Houston, toughest team in college basketball and a top five squad. Look, Kelvin Sampson has been he's done way beyond expectations at Houston. Um struggled a little bit at first, but you know what happens when you're a new coach. Um Sampson breeds toughness. Just no other way around it. Like, he has the tougher teams in the country year in, year out. That Final Four run was incredible. I don't think anyone really thought they were going to make the national championship. But, you know, it was a tough year. I mean, Gonzaga and Baylor. Gonzaga was undefeated. Baylor had one loss. So, we'll see that. Um, Arkansas is going to be interesting. They're saying the SEC is stacked. I already went into that. The road still goes through the Big 12. I mean, when it comes to the tournament, yeah, probably. Because, you know, Kansas and Baylor are the last two champions. But I don't know. Uh, Xavier is going to have Sean Miller as their head coach. I forgot about that. Um Let's see here. Oh, Butler, Thad Mata, going to be returning. So I I'm cannot wait to see that. Um, again, Illinois is crushing it out of the transfer portal. Matthew Mayer and uh, R.J. Melendez looking really good. Or Terrence Shannon Jr. looking very good. They're saying R.J. Melendez is going to have a potential breakout campaign. We'll see. I mean, Illinois is tough. Um, they ask if Purdue can stay in the top 25. I truly believe so. Just because of everything I said earlier, the experience, even the non-experienced guys have really good, um, like they're talented I think that was all I want to talk about. I wanted to give like a kind of Big Ten update because everyone is incredibly high on IU. Like Joe Lenardi has them as the high seed for the Big Ten in bracketology, in which why I don't want to dismay Lenardi at all, but I'm like, part of me is just like. Can I trust you? I really don't know. Um, I I don't know. One of those things where you're just... I don't know how good of advice you're giving out on the bracket. I get it. He's the expert. ESPN pays him a lot of money to go over the bracket and give his thoughts on it. But the bracket is so non-scientific in the way that he takes it um, to where, you know, if you've listened to podcasts for the past couple years, um, you know that even I am not good when it comes to March. So, and I'm not saying I'm an expert at all, but I mean, I call games. I talk about basketball all the time. Um, people go to me and they're like, who do you, who do you have? I want to see your bracket. And I'm like, ah, it's, 
He's like, I'll show you, but I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm probably not going to be that correct. So, yeah. Just want to give an update on everything going on around basketball. It's an exciting time. Cannot wait for some preseason basketball to get on. Um, it's it just it feels like it's been forever. I don't know why, because like we've had Eurobasket going on, but um, I just I just want to watch basketball again. That's all I want to do. I've been watching on my YouTube playlist. It's like four thousand videos now. Just. Hitting shuffle and just, you know, I'm, I'm just watching. Just seeing if I can pick stuff up. Um, and I'm excited. Cannot wait for basketball to get back up and running. So, with that, that'll be it for this week's episode. I want to thank you for listening. Um, yeah, just if you want to follow me on Twitter, follow me, follow me at DEverhard00. And I will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.